0: Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 15. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, How shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Okay. Well, joined by <laughs> Jackson Randall today hey for a cheery passage, which the ESV uh, translators fittingly dub, Robbing God. Um, <laughs> And so this is what we get into today, this idea of incomplete sacrifices, um, you know, furthermore, the just unfaithfulness of Israel and how they're ultimately robbing God, which is not a position that sounds particularly desirable, Jackson. Um, And then these last two or three verses, 13 through 15, um, it's very reminiscent. It's It's a different paragraph. Um, and it's very reminiscent of Psalm 73 to me. Um, it, it's the, what God is accusing Israel of saying is very similar to, um, basically what the wicked in Psalm 73 are saying. Like there, there is no benefit in serving. There's no profit in serving mm-hmm. God. Um, and you know, the wicked are, uh, you know, in Psalm 73, it says always at ease, they increase in riches. Yeah. Um, and so and here it says, "Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape." And so, um, this is this is an interesting passage, and I think very, very, very applicable to us. So, Jackson, yeah, um, what are your thoughts on robbing God? Yeah, should one do it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. <Done>. Well, for <laughs> Jackson Randall, <laughs> And my, the Jason D's. Uh, odr speech at the end just queued up in my mind yeah yeah said that. yeah thanks um, for listening you know as i as i read this passage my mind first drifts off to some preliminary like statements that i think are important to make because um several years back i was talking with a friend who happens to be an old testament scholar and he kind of helped me make sense a little bit of mm. how to read the prophets and the minor prophets in particular for all they're worth because um i don't know if how many of you have spent a lot of time in the minor prophets, but they can be rich, but also pretty tough to read. And if you read them back to back, it sort of sounds like they're all saying the exact same thing. It's just with like slightly different emphases. And, um, and so anyway, here's sort of a summary of what old Testament scholars, uh, will, will say, these are good questions to ask when you're reading the prophets and the minor prophets in particular, what is God's legal suit against Israel? Mm. What sort of judgment is announced as a consequence? How does the prophet issue a call to repentance? How does the prophet make it clear that Israel's rebellion will not stand in the way of God's unfailing purposes? And how does the prophet affirm God's faithfulness to his covenantal commitments to usher in his kingdom and fulfill his promises? So as I'm thinking about that list of questions, what's God's legal suit against Israel? So we're seeing in Malachi and really in all the prophets that these prophets are bringing some sort of accusation against the people of God. Mm -hmm. They're saying, hey, God has something against you. And and in this uh, particular uh, book, we see that uh, Israel, uh, although they were issued a, a call to repentance previously by a different prophet and they were actually doing pretty well, they have again uh, sought to rebel against God. And it seems like the the temple is really coming into question here and how the people of God are like responding to or towards the temple. And what mm. they're doing is, is they're making it so that the people who uh, are trying to work the temple aren't able to survive because they're not giving them tithes and offerings. Mm. And, and, and so, The Lord has this against the people of God saying you're sinning against me by not giving a percentage of your stuff, a percentage of your harvest, Mm -hmm. of your crops, of your things to me as a type of first fruits. And so there's this accusation, but, um, I think what, what really stands out to me in this particular section is not just the accusation, but it's the call to repentance, Mm. um, uh, verse seven starting a little bit later in the verse return to me yeah and i will return to you says the lord of hosts but you say but you say how will we return well man rob god yet you are robbing me but you say we have robbed you and your tithes and your contributions you're cursed and he goes on and then he says in verse 10 bring the full tithe into the storehouse that, th- that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test says the lord of hosts if i will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Mm. So there's like a really strong accusation in this. Um, you know, God is not pleased with his people's actions. They're undermining the work that the Lord wants to do to make his people be a blessing to all peoples yeah. by not being faithful. And despite their unfaithfulness, the Lord of hosts comes to them and says, repent, return to me and I will return to you. And I won't just return to you, but when I do, I will rain down blessing on you so that the whole world can't help but be blessed through the overflowing of the blessing that I'm giving to you. Hmm. So I don't know, this is one of those passages that, that causes me to just kind of revel a little bit in God's redeeming love to a wayward people.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I think what's, What's really convicting and striking to me about this passage is the accusation brought against Israel isn't necessarily that they've, you know, forsaken the tithe mm-hmm. or that they've, you know, turned away altogether from the practices of the law of Moses, but it's that they're not fully doing it. <laughs> they're, they're not bringing the full tithe. Um, and I think what is like very you know, kind of a shock to the system in these words is that this partial surrender to God, this partial obedience is actually, you know, in God's eyes, it, it is robbing him. It, yeah. it's, it's full on um, hostility. And, you know, God says this from a disposition of such mercy. Um, you know, you wrote from verse seven, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. And so the Lord, He's not left the the altar, you know. He He's not no. like left them uh, to destruction, and he, He's calling them back into fellowship with Him. And what is standing in the way is greed, yeah. And, and it's this greed that's leading them to cut the corners on their devotion right. to God. And I think that that hits very close to um, the heart of so much of my tendencies yes. in my walk with the Lord is to is not to, you know, abandon altogether, but to slowly uh, trim away the inconveniences, right. um, to keep the things that I want to keep and to, you know, generously give to the church or to, uh, you know, give time to people or generously give the things that I don't really want. Yeah. Or need. yeah. And, uh, and the Lord is, is saying, you, you've totally thrown away the heart of, of serving me and of loving me and of being in fellowship with me and I think 13 through 15 reveals what what is the core belief of somebody who will not surrender everything to God will not come to the altar with open hands yeah it's the the core belief in that heart whether it's mine or yours or the Israelites the core belief is that there is no profit in serving God? Yeah, right, exactly, and that like is so convicting, it's so um, convicting. because uh, it, it's it's not that you're being you know super money wise. It it's not that um, you know you're just getting a good you know set up now and then you're gonna reconfigure things down the road. It's that you are being disobedient because you don't believe that it is profitable to
0: serve God. Yeah. You don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Oof! Absolutely, <laughs> and
1: like that—that that is, that is a challenging word to us. And, um, you know, but I, I, I don't want to like only lay that out there because there's a there's two awesome things. One is in today's passage, and the other, this this little thing is sandwiched. So first, re- God says, you know, return to me, and I will return to you. Amen. And then tomorrow's um passage. It is basically this it's the turning point of the book towards those who would respond to God's word. And so um, this should not invoke you know just like this devastating shame and guilt that lies over us like a wet blanket. but it, it should prick our hearts to to turn to the Lord with fully open hands, but uh, there's a much better promise and a much better prophet waiting
0: for us on exactly. the other side yeah exactly and, and that is our hope i mean one of the things that's tough about reading the prophets is you see god come along and level these accusations these these uh complaints against his people and and call them to repentance mm-hmm. but you know if we know our biblical history we know that they ultimately rebelled to the point where judgment came and they were carried off to exile right and 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 like judgment came down on them. Mm -hmm. And, and so the people of God continually failed over and over again. It wasn't like they rose up and they showed the true power of humanity and that we're all, we're all actually good in ourselves. No, they, they showed us how desperately we collectively need a savior. And, and then that Mm -hmm. savior comes in Christ. The, the, the better prophet comes, um, the one who speaks a true word. Um, and, and, And so now we have a warning that says yeah we too can be those half-hearted uh believers in god who are playing the game but aren't actually giving our whole selves um but we who are in christ have the spirit in us Mm -hmm. and and we have the spirit testifying to the truthfulness of the gospel the glory of the gospel, the worthwhileness of living for Christ. Hmm. And so we, we actually can walk in a way that is pleasing to the Lord today. And, Absolutely. and it just like brings to mind, um, one of the old catechism questions, like what is your only hope in life and death? Yeah. Well, it's, it's that we are, uh, that we belong, body and soul, not just mm-hmm. a little bit. We don't belong uh, a little bit to God. But we belong, body and soul, to our Lord, mm-hmm. uh, to our faithful Creator, to Jesus, who has redeemed us. Mm. And um, and, and so this is one of those passages that seems to say, "Hey, are we gonna, are we going to give ourselves wholly and completely under the Lord?" Or, um, the image I had in mind as you were talking was, uh, every once in a while, I'd have some well-meaning family come and drop off a bag of clothes or, or uh or toys for my children because they wanted to gift us something and then i opened it up and I realized this is just stuff that yeah. they, they they're essentially saying, hey, you throw this away instead yeah, of you, it yeah. away, you know. It's like are we those or is that what we're offering to the Lord? Is Man. our scraps, the things that that we really were just gonna throw away um mm-hmm. in the name of spirituality? Or are we gonna offer our, our entire selves wholeheartedly as as uh as an act of worship to what god is worthy of that worship
1: absolutely absolutely well uh you know a lot of a lot of good challenges in today's passage and some good promises in tomorrows so jackson randall we do hope to see you tomorrow um my name is will Carlisle, and i'm saying this again but we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm thanks for listening to our daily rhythm